All right, we've got our final ACC football power rankings. We all know who was on top, but who surprisingly wound up at the middle of the pack and the bottom? We'll talk about all of that on today's show, as well as the all-ACC team. Peyton Wilson, you just know how to really cheer up that Ken Gibbs. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere that you listen. On today's episode, we are going to talk through some power rankings, our final one of the ACC 2023 season. We're going to talk about our all-ACC team, who was on there, who didn't find themselves on there, who was just an honorable mention, and more. So make sure you check that out. A little lunchtime preview for you so make sure that you're locked in if you're listening live on today's episode Kenton how are you feeling oh I'm feeling great I'm feeling great I'm ready to get into it because I think that there are this final power ranking of the year I know it always gets spicy in the comments but I don't think that there could be too much spice here because we I mean your teams did what they did so I, I think the season's over the dust is settled we know exactly where everybody is at this point in the season Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100 to daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, can normally these power rankings is pretty obvious. Sometimes it gets a little dicey. People make their feelings. Either way it goes, we have to, you know, let people know how we feel. So we're going to, you know, start top to bottom today. Right. We're going to we're going to we're going to get into our favorites early, our best, best of the best, because no need to delay that bad boy, because it's also pretty obvious here in the ACC FSU coming away with the top spot. As we all know, they'll face off against number two spot Louisville, who had a very good season, a little hiccup at the end against Kentucky. But nonetheless, these are the top two teams for obvious reasons. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, had a good year. Yeah, for sure. I don't think that there should be any any question or any concern about like who the top two teams are. You have one team that's undefeated, dominated throughout, and you have another team that has had a few hiccups on the road, including a hiccup to end the season. But I mean, it's I could see the argument of like a lot of how people are like, oh, if Texas and Alabama played again, Alabama would beat them. I could see that argument for NC State and Louisville, but at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, they played head to head and Louisville won. So the cards are at two. They're playing in the uh, conference championship. That's all there is to it. A hundred percent. And we'll have that episode for you on a Thursday night. We'll talk through ACC. Sorry, we'll have that for you on Friday. S- yep, there it is. ACC matchup. I have ACC, SEC on the brain. I have basketball on the brain, but I cannot switch yet. And clearly you guys don't want us to switch either because you are not showing love to our ACC, SEC challenge. But that's fine. You know, okay. We have to transition, guys. <laughs> we have to get away from football, as sad as it might be. But uh, show us some love on our basketball shows as well. And let's get our minds right for that season. NC State, though, comes in at number three for our football power rankings. The pack definitely turned their program around. And it's, you know, kicking into high gear for Locked on Wolf Pack and the boys. 
Yeah, it's only they are they have the second longest winning streak in the conference going only behind Florida State. And fun fact, the last team to beat Florida State was NC State. So with that being said, um, I I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. This team is one arm punt away from being in Louisville shoes um, and, and playing in the, the conference championship. You know, it is a little amazing, a little astonishing to see that in the season that many people dubbed as a rebuilding year after the Notre Dame game, um, NC State is knocking on the, the door of 10 wins, which has only been done one other time in program history. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive to see. Absolutely. Let's talk about number four here on our ticker, Clemson Tigers, as they are sitting there finding themselves again on a rebuild year, not rebuild year. They should have been better. Who knows the storylines that we're going to say, but all in all, they ended the seasons as a top four program in our eyes. Yeah, for sure. And I also, you know, I hate to kick the former coastal teams while they're down, but Yeesh, the top four being all former Atlantic teams. Oh, who could have predicted that one? No, but very seriously, you uh, this predict that one. So, like, let's not do that. Say what? You felt like it was. You knew it was going to be all Atlantic teams. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I knew Even it was going to be the trajectory of the season was going. I knew it was going to be two Atlantic teams in the conference championship, and I knew that the Atlantic overall were going to have the better teams. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I never had a doubt. Never had a doubt. Okay. Uh, but with that being said, with <laughs> that being like. I just I just want to be clear here that some of the bottom barrel teams are Atlantic teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, but the reality here is uh this Clemson team absolutely, you know, another team got it turned around. Their young pups start playing and they really, really got it figured out. I mean, you know, at the reality of this Clemson team is very simple, right? Everybody keeps saying, Oh, they were down and buy stock while they're down and all that good stuff. I think this is a good team. I think that they have a chance to be better next year. I'm not sure how much better, but this was a heck of a way to end the season. They ended the season on a strong note. After when you look at their game against NC State and you say, man, how how did that game go so poorly for them? The answer is very simply, they went away from running the ball. And on top of going away from running the ball, um, NC State was the more physical team up front. You look at the rest of their season, what game were they out physical in? Not against Notre Dame, not against Georgia Tech, not against Carolina, and definitely not against South Carolina. So, you know, this was this was a situation where this Clemson team finished out the season in a very strong way, winning in a new way, because Clemson hasn't always been known for, hey, we're going to play bully ball and we're just going to bludgeon you to death with two backs. They've, they've been known for spreading it out, having dynamic wide receivers out wide, having a quarterback that's a, a you know, a general through the air. They switched that philosophy and got got it done at the end of the year. Sure. And let's talk about the fact that, you know, Clemson, we see people running to the portal left and right. And I feel like Clemson doesn't have that, you know, great migration, as some people may have thought, due to the fact that they weren't having the best season, due to the fact they probably, you know, oh, what's going on in Dabo's country where, you know, guys, it's not really hitting on all cylinders like it usually is. I think it speaks to what they're trying to maintain and focus and sort of compartmentalize and turn the page on to 2024. So big ups to Clemson and being a number four team here in our power rankings. Georgia Tech, number five, you were hard on them. They had moments where they were down, but they ended up pretty solid against that Georgia program. And I think, if anything, it showed just how good they could be. The potential is very much there. But I think next year is when you start to say maybe a little less grace towards 
Coach Key? Like, we need to see some results. Absolutely. And for the national pundits who said, oh, Florida State only be the bad Florida team by nine points. Hmm. Hmm. Georgia beat Georgia Tech by how much? By how much now? Oh, okay. All right. Just making sure. But anyway, very seriously, this Georgia Tech team, they are going they are are going in the right direction. They're going to a bowl game for the first time in how long? They are doing the things that need to be done to build. The, the foundation is set. But like you said, after you get the foundation, now you actually got to build up the house. Now you actually got to build up the house. I'm not saying I'm expecting Key to win double digits next year, but you've now set an expectation. You've now set a floor of, okay, we need to get six. Haynes is going to be back for another year. You're going to have a lot of talent back for another year. This is the floor now, buddy. And it's it's a great thing for Georgia Tech. It really is. Coach mm-hmm. Key, I believe, is their guy. That is yep. their guy. He sure. is a Georgia Tech guy through and through. He is supposed to be there. If he is to take this program to special heights, next year becomes the first year where you're coming in with expectations. Because this year, anything that you did was like, hey, we get it. Look at what the, where the program was when you got it. We understand. You're getting into year two, okay? We need to get a little better, a little better, a little better every year. 100% agree there. Let's talk more about the rest of our power rankings and where we just had our favorites and your favorites end up. But first, of course, you know, we got to pay a couple bills out here, and Prize Picks will help us do just that. As a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers of basketball season here. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from a specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports and leagues. Prize Picks even offers reboot policy so that entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Hoo yeah. <laughs> if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury policy. Go to prizepix.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Help the church, Virginia Tech. Feeling good, feeling great. Who thought that they would end up where they did? And yet somehow, some way, we had the Hokies on the top spot. Standing coming in at number six. Yeah, and this Virginia Tech team, absolute domination of Virginia. You know, hey, hey, drones and company, they did their thing, whooped the absolute wheels off those boys. They're another, t- they're another team. They have the foundation. Mm-hmm. They have the – all of the things are now in place to where pride, guess what? This is going to be the expectation going forward. And I also want to say this. The way that Virginia Tech started this season and the way that they ended, it almost felt like two different seasons, but there was a common thread in struggling against good teams. There was a common thread in that good teams kind of took them out to the woodshed a little bit. I mean, even if you look at the second half of the season, Florida State won by 20, Louisville won by 31, um, NC State led by, I want to say it was what, four touchdowns, three or four touchdowns, and let their foot off the gas tremendously down the stretch, which allowed um, Virginia Tech to get kind of back into it, but not really. So that game was much, much bigger of a gap than the final score actually applied. But I'll tell you what, if you came to play Virginia Tech and you weren't a good team, oh, tuh, 
you get ready for a shellacking because they were going to take you out back and whoop you like you stole something. So Virginia Tech, you know, they're, they're building in the right direction. Beating bad teams is the first step. Winning some of those better – beating better teams is the next one. And, you know, I think that not playing the who's your quarterback game early, having that going into the season, going into summer, going into camp, you know who your quarterback's going to be is going to make a world of difference for Virginia Tech, right? I think that defense is going to get a year older, a year wiser, a year better. And now that you have, like you said, bones in place, it's really going to be a, hey, pride, no excuses, right? We're, we're real tough around here. But I think that was the biggest piece. Drones getting the opportunity to fly. If he had fly, flown a little earlier, maybe that would have been a whole different season for them. But, you know, you can't have regrets. So you just move forward. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this this defense for Virginia Tech, they need to get in the weight room. They need to eat some eat some foods that ain't necessarily the best for you. They need to put on some weight. This is a, a very fast defense. They fly around. They fly to the ball. They just need to get bigger. I mean, objectively speaking, only having one or two guys in your defensive rotation that are listed at 300-plus, ain't going to get it done in ACC, son. Probably like 290. So like we need some muscle milk and some exactly. Popeyes. Muscle milk exactly. and some Popeyes might there might do go. them some good. So ending at six, we'll take it. North Carolina ending coming in at number seven. You know, it's just one of those things where as much as you have high expectations for people, sometimes they just are who they are. And as much as you want to be excited for them, sometimes they just are who they are. As much as they're flashy and want to, you know, they they go in with pieces and elements. Just seeing the way certain people are starting to go away, it makes me feel like the call is coming from the inside. There needs to be some changes at the top. And until so, those changes happen, I feel like we're just going to get what we get. And I'm done with the expectations. So this North Carolina team is like the opposite of a Virginia Tech. And that they have the big bodies. They have the guys. They're just not tough. They're just not. There needs to be an increased level of toughness and effort. It is like, it is so confusing to me that this team kind of packed it in once their playoff hopes were gone. Seeing as how this team's never been to the playoffs, like what are we doing? This team does didn't go to AC championships. So like, well, they did, but like they got dog walk. So you think that would be the chip that gets you through the season? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I could understand it. I can understand if you were that perennial powerhouse to where it's like, hey, if we don't make it to um, the, the ACC championship, this is a down year for us. If Clemson, Hell, even Clemson didn't even pack it in. And that's what I was about to say. If Clemson had packed it in like this, I would be like, all right, that makes a little bit more sense. This North Carolina team, what are you doing? What are you done, doing? You haven't done anything to play it how you're playing it. And that's the crazy yeah. part. And it's yeah. the inconsistency. And it's, I didn't get what I want, so I'm going to tuck my tail. And that's why you'll never be where you want to be. And I think, you know, when you look at teams like Florida State, Mike Norvell, plenty of times those guys could have given up on him. But they stayed the course and bought into the system. And I think Mac Brown is more of a, hey, I'm going to get you where you need to go to be a great man for life in terms of deals and NILs and being a business and being a brand. But when it comes to these X's and those, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. At the at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this team, but it if this team got tougher, the rest of the country would have to look out. And I mean that very genuinely. If this team, Virginia Tech, say what you want about them boys, they're sandpaper tough. They may have defensive ends that are 230 pounds. Those are tough as nails, 230. Are they still gonna get moved up out of there? Yes, he's 230. But he's gonna fight you and battle you for that for that space on the line. 
it was I multiple mean, look players. at go look at Coach Pry, look at Mac Brown. Like you yeah. just you got someone yeah. who probably drinks, you know, a Diet Coke and some speed. You got one who probably needs his herbal tea. Like it's just different energies, yeah. mentalities, all that stuff. Let's talk about the next team up here, Miami, a team that had again a lot of things going for them. They got a lot of Maseratis, but when it comes to those X's and O's, they be playing like they got pintos. And I just don't know. I don't know. You know. When you look at Miami, you say to yourself, this was a season of ups and downs and all arounds. You didn't know which Miami team you were going to get from week to week. And yet they it's it's tough because you're always saying, hey, where is um, where is Miami going to finish? They have the talent to be really good, but they can never seem to string it together. And every time they lose a game, you could guarantee they were going to lose the next one in this year, if not the next two. And so, you know, they lost to really good teams this year for the most part. But the reality is this season feels like a bit of a disappointment for Mario. And I don't think he has too many more years where it's you can have this type of disappointment or you can have a, hey, we're barely going to a bowl game year and the Miami faithful stays faithful to you. I just don't think that's going to be the case. You know, one thing about that Miami boy, if you ain't getting it done, they're going to find somebody who will. Or they'll think they'll find somebody who will. So you don't want to get your pink slip before it's due. But we're looking at the world of college athletics where pink slips just come a dime a dozen. So it's really about how he can turn the tide, who he might get in the portal from a quarterback standpoint, and maybe build up that defense is going to be essential for Miami to, you know, move forward in a positive light. So. Yeah, I, I think I think Miami is in a good position from a standpoint of they're they're really good guys defensively. Most of them are really young. Don't get me wrong; I know losing Kenton's and Williams is going to be a big loss. Don't that's one of the best safety duos, if not the best safety duo in the nation. Uh, but they Bain is only going to get older and get better, and he was a sure. menace off the edge. He was a gremlin off that edge, and you're looking at. A, a front seven where you have multiple guys coming back that are going to get older, going to get the year wiser, going to get stronger, faster, all those things. I think they'll be fine. But at some point in time, Mario, you got to turn potential into actualized production. Because if well, not, potential is a coach killer, brother. Well, that's the offensive side to me. Like <laughs> defensively, yeah, I'll give you that. But Tyler Red Dyke hitting that portal is kind of crazy. Like he was supposed yeah. to be the future. He yeah. was supposed to be the guy. He showed that in times and moments of like talk that talk, he walked that walk. So it'll be interesting from an offensive dynamic if they could be a complete team. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And the offense is where I think they'll be left a little bit kind of wondering. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that they have some pieces coming back that are absolutely phenomenal. I think that that running back that they got coming back, I believe it's Walton Jr. He's that boy is 220 pounds of downhill, no frills. Like, hey, I don't like y'all and y'all going to have to deal with me all day long. I absolutely love his game. I love the toughness he runs with. I love the lateral quickness for a guy of his size. But with that being said, who are your other guys outside of him? Who are the guys coming back that you look at and you say, all right, this guy's going to be good for us. This guy's going to be good for us, especially in a passing game where, you know, you're you're seeing a all-conference guy in Restrepo that's probably going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Jacoby George, who was dominating all the good things, and he might be back. But you're you're seeing a situation where, again, offensively, the biggest spot, is the biggest question, which is quarterback. 
Yeah, a thousand percent. Let's talk about the back half of this power rankings and just where we see these teams ending up here at the final part. But I want to remind our friends about our friend about our friends at LinkedIn. We know that when hiring for a small business, you want to have many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs isn't just a job board; it has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have the best quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They even just launched a feature that helps you write you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. We're finishing up the power rankings here. Duke sitting there as the next team on our power rankings list. You know, Duke team that we've had high expectations for now without a coach, but still with, I think, a strong program. I believe that they know what they can be. I think that Mike Elko helped bring that out a little bit. And now they find themselves in need of someone who's just as rejuvenated, just as excited. And even if it is on a launching pad type coach, at least let us have a good couple of years in that bad boy. You know, I think that they found the recipe for success at Duke. And I think that recipe is a lot like App State's recipe. Mm -hmm. The recipe is bring in a new exciting coach that's going to get you a few good winning years mm -hmm. and know that that coach is probably going to leap off to somewhere else and then bring in the next coach and then bring in the next coach because that's how App State's done and in, in sustained success. Nobody's been there for, for long periods of time if they're good, but they found a way to be good again and again and again and again. So mm -hmm. I think the Duke found the, the, the key there, but they're down here in the power rankings because they find themselves without a coach, without a quarterback, without multiple defensive starters, you know, you get what you get. This is true. And I think that I wouldn't necessarily put them as an app state vibe, but more so as they just need someone who is going to be young, upcoming, who's excited about being actually excited about being at Duke and doesn't necessarily have ties to another program that will make them quickly leave an exit and go to that one. Should that head coach be dismissed? You know, I mean, but how how likely is that? With all due respect, how I mean, likely is it? Sure. Find... If you look at, well, if you look at Georgia's situation and how the new coach at Syracuse, right, the Georgia assistant, I can't see his name, but I can see his face, right? Mm -hmm. He's coming to Syracuse. He's trying to bring some Louis luggage with him, but I don't yeah. think he leaves because Kirby Smart's going to be out the door, right? Like, I don't think he returns back. So maybe you just find someone who's just excited about the opportunity to be a head coach. Yeah, and you're thinking of Fran Brown with Syracuse, but yes, I don't. Thank you. But Elko was a defensive coordinator who'd never been a head coach before he got there. This is you true. You know, this ain't this ain't a situation where you got the home run hire where everybody knew like, oh, yeah, watch out for Duke. They're gonna be a perennial ten win program and all sure. that good stuff. I I think that this is truly a team where they kind of they got they struck lightning in the bottle. Oh my God, Coastal Carolina's head coach is a hilarious suggestion. I would love for Tim Beck to come back to the ACC. Please, Tim, do us the favor. Oh, my but anyway, God. Um, with that being said, I, I really do think that this is a situation where, yes, you're right, it's not quite the App State vibe and all that, but it's finding somebody from Duke football who can lead that program to where they need to go. Mm. It's going to be mm. tough. It's not. It's tough, but not impossible. 
I mean, I, I heard that Daniel Jones. Jones is looking for something to do these days. No, uh, he can have it. Come on back. Come on back because you're wasting your time with my Giants. Number 10, Syracuse. New coach, Fran Brown. What's yeah. up? How we doing? Yeah. You know, I'm excited about this for reasons yeah. I can't say on the show because I definitely want our stars to stay three to four. But I'm excited, Fran. I'm feeling it already. She is Let's excited because he's bringing national championship pedigree to Syracuse. That That's what it. it is. She's Come excited about state. Coach Brown bringing national championship pedigree. And I'll say this. I I don't know much about Fran Brown, so I, I can't really speculate on who he is, but I'll just talk about Syracuse's season. They saw some really low lows, but if you look at who they were overall, this is a very resilient team that went through a lot of adversity, went through a lot of ups and downs. They had games where a tight end was their starting passer and their starting quarterback was their leading wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy. this is, and they won that football game. This is a team that by hook or by crook, they got it done. They're going to a bowl game. Yeah. Hey, forever orange girl, take a bow because take your team, bow. your team is headed to a bowl game. They did what they need to do. You know, they deserve all the good things and they got a national champ coming in. So yeah. let's see Which how this critical. goes. Absolutely. I think if you bring that energy and he's really good at recruiting and Matt Rule talked highly about him, Kirby talked highly of him. I think there's just, you know, so much positivity around Syracuse right now and Judah Mintz went going off, but we can't talk about basketball today. All right. Number 11, Boston College. Child, now you're making a bowl, but what did it cost you? It could cost you a coach because I just don't know how you bring that man back. You know, they're going to bring him back, but I don't know. They, Here's my question for Boston College. Are you happy? You got rid of Adazio for this. Are you happy? And here's the thing. I'm a defensive lineman. I hated playing against Boston College. I hated it with everything in my heart and soul. I did not, never wanted to see those guys. Never, <laughs> never. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew that come that game, it's going to be physical. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong. That's my type of football right there. That's my type of football, but I knew as a defender, you're going to have to deal with six and seven offensive linemen sets and 240-pound running backs. But it was going to get you seven wins, six, seven, maybe eight wins. And it looks like this is halfly silly. With Garwell transferring out of the program, with multiple other players transferring out of the program, it looks like this is the best it's going to get with old Jeff. That's just the reality. And so with that being said, you know, Castellanos has already transferred. He can't transfer again. So y'all got him locked up. Congratulations. But uh, boy, this is a tough tough. situation. Tough deal. You know, you end a five-game winning streak by getting your head kicked in by this Miami team. Mm, Hate that for Number 12, Pitt, which don't have to stay here long. Remind you that you were very high on them. They probably disappointed you the most. Yeah, they did. They did, you know. (laughs) I I I struggle to come up with words to talk about how um how badly Pitt disappointed me this year. But the thing that that blows me the most about Pitt, the thing that I don't understand the most about Pitt is this just seemed like a very snake bitten year. This year just seemed like there were multiple games where there was one play, one moment that if it goes a different way, this thing probably turns out differently for them. And time and time again, that one moment went the opposite of their favor. Wow. 
Narduzzi, they gave you a mulligan because you're the last Coastal champion to ever win the ACC championship game. Demise going to be watching you, brother. That oh, seat yeah. is going to get real hot up there. and uh, uh, They're going to push you down the hill <laughs> and one of them little wheelbarrows up there, you mess around. So, you know. Well, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in that portal, so hopefully they do they do their big one with that. Let's talk about number 13, UVA. Don't have to stay here long. A resilient team. We have talked about a couple already, but I think this UVA team showed promise, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah, they, they a lot promise. of young – a lot of young pieces. They're definitely going to get better going forward. But oh, this last game was ugly. I hope, game. I hope. I hope the guys. You know, portal parties are very much real now. But like the Malachi Fields and Malik Washingtons of the world, the Calandrias. There it yeah, is. I hope. I hope these stick beside it. Right. I. I see the vision, Tony. I see the vision. But it will be about if the guys can stick beside it. Because they have moments, flashes. They beat my team. Or my team literally turned their whole whole season around because of it. They have flashes to be great. They just have to find some consistency. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, um, you know, this is, again, this is a team, Tony Elliott. There's only going to be so much grace extended to you because of the things that you've been through. At some point in time, the show and prove show and prove big dog and, yeah. and they're on the way there so you know this virginia team was one that we saw have some very high highs beating a top 10 team on the road this yeah. year yeah what a yeah. time but this yeah. is a team that we also saw with some terrible lows like having your rival come into your home and get up what was it what was it 34 zip or or you know something like that before we started 31 zip was the lead before they finally got on the board. So, you know, that's that's tough. Then we end with the team that probably had the most disappointing head scratching. I don't even know how we got here, but start to finish was just I thought this was going to be Boston College's mm-hmm. type of type of year. And Wake Forest definitely had that one in terms of just where do you go from here? All your quarterbacks damn near want to leave us at Michael Kern. Wake Forest, it it wasn't a good one. Let's throw this one away. Let's forget about this one. Here's the thing about Wake Forest that surprised me. When your biggest highlight from the season is your head coach saying, the new school can't love that quarterback. He was ours. When your highlight of the season is your coach yeah. basically getting up there doing his best brandy impression saying, that boy is mine, it's not a good year. Not a, not a good look. year for you. Um, you know, the crazy part about it is for one of the first times ever, Coach Clawson has not just like a good, they had a solid, like a, a stand-up defense. And the offense gave them nothing, nothing in plenty of Ellison games. is out of the door because of it. I think that, you know, we, much as we talk about quarterbacks, it's crazy how one walking away changed the whole trajectory. And having good receivers changes the whole reject, trajectory of a program. Yeah, I agree. It, it, this was This was a season to forget for them. This was a season to kind of throw away. I mean, oh, you know, even in the 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 end of the season when you finally say, okay, maybe you can get another win against the conference team besides Pitt, whose quarterback forgot where the first down line was and should have won that game. Maybe you can get another one. Syracuse snatches victory from the jaws of defeat to get to a bowl game. Yeah, sure did.
Tough. Hate to see it. All right, let's end here with our power rankings being that what it is, but our all ACC team is an exciting one. If you have not had the opportunity to go to ACC.com and take a look, you're doing yourself a disservice. Got some really good guys making top, top, top first team nods. Jordan Travis, Marion Hampton, Jawar Jordan, Malik Washington, Keon Coleman, Xavier Rochebeau, Bryson Nesbitt, Keon Coleman, Graham Barton, Darius Washington, Christian Mahogany, Demetri Emanuel, Brian Hudson. That's your first team. Go to ACC.com to see the rest of these jokers. I will, because of who I am, because of who I am, feel like Drake May could have been that conversation. For first team, just based on, you know, standings and, you know, records. But I'm going to let it go. Defensively, Ashton Gelati, Jared Verse, Tyler, da- Tyler Davis, Dwayne Carter, Peyton Wilson, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Kaylin Deloach, who, heck of a season, young man, Cedric Gray, Nate Wiggins, Elijah Jones, Cameron Kitchens, and Jonas Sanker. Great years. Kitchens, whew, yep, there it is. Your guy, Ashton Gelati, do what he does. Yeah, you know, yeah. exciting times for that first team. How are we feeling? You know, the only I look at this team and I say, hey, Peyton Wilson, highest vote getter on the team, uh, highest vote getter out of all the positions, all that good stuff. Um, he deserves. I think he's the ACC player of the year, period. Sure. Um, but with that being said, his partner in crime, Davin Van, being left off these teams to me is one of the greatest crimes of the century. I mean, the young man. He plays as many snaps at defensive tackle as he does defensive end, and he led all defensive tackles in sacks, and I believe he was top two or three in tackles and tackles for loss as well. Like, I get it. It's If you consider him a defensive end, then, yeah, his stats become a lot less impressive and all that good stuff. But if you watch the games, he plays a lot of defensive tackle as well. Do you think, think was- they're going to give that to two people from the same place? It just feels yeah. like no. I mean, I, my thing is this, right? Tyler Davis, with all due respect, mm-hmm. as much as I, as special as I think he is, as good as I think he is, there were multiple points this season where we had to put out an APB on him. We had to put out a bolo on Tyler Davis. Where are you, brother? Where? What's going on? And so to see him make first team, and don't get me wrong, I understand as a former defensive tackle myself, you can't always quantify what a guy does based on stats alone. Sure. I'm watching the games, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Where's Tyler? Because um, Jeremiah's there, you know. Other people are there. Tyler's not quite there. You know, I so I I think that that was one that it was kind of like, oh, we're gonna vote for a name here um, Mm -hmm. instead of who the best player was. Because even if you don't go Davin Van, there are multiple other players in this conference that have have shown and uh, have been there all season at the defensive tackle position, and so. You know, to to kind of see that one, and it's not just about Tyler Davis. There are a few other ones as well where I'm sitting up here saying, "All right, um, why is this guy not here? Why is this guy not here?" But all in all, I think for the most part, the voters got it right for the most part. But there are multiple multiple moments where I'm just sitting up there and doing a little, really, that guy, okay. <laughs> Had to be somebody, but you know I do agree with Peyton Wilson. Not, I think that he is probably the most exciting um, one player who's going to make a big name for himself and big paychecks come Sunday. Uh, Keon Coleman to me as well is one that I just feel like made it exciting this season to watch yeah. for not only Florida State, but I think if had he stayed healthy the entire season would be in that Blitnikoff conversation. And yet and still, without staying healthy the entire season, he still led the ACC in touchdown catches. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. 
crazy work. Yeesh, the boy will make your money. <laughs> yeah, you know that young man. He may live off of McDonald's and and uh, Waffle House, but I'll tell you, terrible diet. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Don't let him find out about spinach. We may oh never catch God. him again. <laughs> We may never catch that boy again. Do not let him find out about beets. We will never. And I'm not talking about beets by Dre. I'm talking about the ones that taste like dirt. Those they that boy will never be caught again in the NFL. But no, very seriously. Um, he's a guy that offensively, I think he was one of the most impactful players. I think that Hampton is another one that I, I don't really see any other running backs in the conference that had as good of a year as consistently as he did. Joe R. Jordan is in that conversation, but he he wasn't available as much as Hampton. And um, to be quite honest, there were times where UNC's passing game just wasn't getting it done, and, and he set the table for that. So, just, you know, I I, yeah. I think that there are there are multiple guys here that, you know, objectively showed up, showed out, did their thing, and, and you can't really argue against them. thousand percent. Well, that's our show for today. We got to get out of here. We always appreciate when you guys come around. We always appreciate when you guys, uh, you know, stop by the show, listen live, or whether you're going to listen to the run back. So much gratitude for it. We hope that you come back tomorrow as we have to get ready for the ACC SEC challenge or review it really. We also have to get ready for the Louisville Florida State game because we know you guys are chomping at the bit to talk through that. So make sure you tune in. Leave us five stars, do all the things. Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.